Listen Party. Hello and welcome to the Listen Podcast. I'm Tanya. I'm Brandy. And we are here to listen. Listening is so important. Listening to the world around you, the people, life, everything that has to offer so you can grow. Yeah, listening to your heart, nature, whatever wants to tell you something. Because so often we're not listening. We're focused on talking or telling or not hearing what the world is trying to tell us. Exactly, and I believe, as do I think you as well, that we are students of life. Oh, yes. I just never knew I believed that. (laughs) (laughs) We start, like, that's just, that's a mind shift right there. I love that. If you think of yourself as a student, then you're always looking to learn. Exactly. But if you think of yourself not as a student, you're never looking for that. So, student of life. Yeah. And life is the best teacher that you can have. Yeah. Or best and worst. (laughs) It's not the greatest sometimes. The lesson that day may not be the lesson you wanted to learn, but it's the one that you needed to learn. Exactly. And some of them are fun. They're not all hard or bad. Yeah. Some of them result in great happiness. Exactly. I would argue that all of them do. Yeah, I allow them to. <laughs> Tanya and I are uh, straight, like eternal optimists. Like sometimes I wish we could think of things more negative to, negatively, but we are constantly looking at the bright side of everything. So the worst thing could happen to us, and we're like, oh, but look at the lesson I learned. I'm stronger now, and this and that. And for some reason, and we're like, oh, the world's burning around us, but we think everything's going to be fine. Exactly. And when you said that, it kind of came up in my mind that I was like, you know, I want to shift it because uh, optimists have such a negative connotation, which is unfortunate, but maybe we're not optimists. Maybe we're valueless. We find the value in everything and the meaning in everything. So it doesn't necessarily mean that the outcome is going to be all roses, but it doesn't mean that there's not value in it and you can't use it and it will always make you better if you allow it to. I love that because optimists, a lot of people write optimists off because they, they just say you're, you're ignoring some sort of real thing to believe this positive thing. And then the, the same thing is true for pessimists, right? Yeah. But, um, values. Yeah. That makes sense. But also, I would also argue in favor of optimism, like, we're just, I think life is about where you're putting your focus. Yeah. And so, like, you and I, we're trying to focus on the things that are like, positive and are going to yield us a happier life. Yeah. Um, and I'm not ignoring that bad things happen. I'm definitely taking those in. But... Instead of dwelling on the, the bad parts, I'm just constantly like, well, how do I pivot this to something that's more, like that we can fix or be more productive or just mindset-wise. Exactly. And I also, I love the word alchemy because I look mm-hmm. at, I look at uh, pain and darkness and bad, bad things that happen to me as an opportunity for alchemy. So I can take that experience and turn it into whatever I want, and I choose more often than not to turn it into something 
that's beautiful and happy and uh, has, is filled with light and, and less darkness. And that's a choice that it's I make. It's a choice. That's the point. Yeah. It's a choice. You have so much choice over how you feel about things and what you're deciding to focus on. It's a choice. You can look at, you know, a storm and see a storm or see the rainbow that it produces or the fact that it just now got like a bunch of water in the glass. I don't know. Yeah. Not the best analogy, but like, <laughs> yeah, what you learn from this one. I think it's a perfect analogy. <laughs> Thank you. It's exactly what it is. And also, I know that that gets negative connotation. Con- I can't say the word. You know what I'm saying. Connotation? Yes. <laughs> um, because there are, there are certain things in life that I'm not discounting. Like, there's mental illness and there's things that people have a harder, harder time with. And I understand that. And I'm not discounting that. And everyone has their own realities and things that they're dealing with. Um, I myself have dealt with that a lot in my life. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, by saying that, I don't think we're saying that it's easy or that it's, or that you just need, I would never tell someone who's feeling bad, just look at the brighter side of life. Like, exactly. And I think that's why optimism gets a bad rap because I do think maybe there are quote unquote optimists that, uh, that do that. They discount someone's reality in favor of a different reality without taking into account what they're going through or that their current reality has value because that the darkness or pessimism does have value. Yeah. Well, and there's something to be said. You and I talked about this. Uh, that you have to go through the fire. Yeah. You can't ignore the fire. Um, and you have to go through the fire. And walking through a fire is not pleasant now. It, it's painful. It's yes. the painful thing. So um we just know that there's an end to the fire. Yeah. And we're focusing on that end of the fire uh as we go through the fire. Yeah. So like it's important to I mean I just recently had something kind of just, well, just crappy happen and I didn't just ignore it and go, well don't worry, life will be great again. I felt it all. Yeah. I Took the time to acknowledge the pain, cry through it, you know, yell, be angry, be not angry, be sad, whatever emotion was going with it. And then, then I came out and I was like, okay, we did this. I acknowledged this fire. I went through this fire. Now it's time to walk on the other side of the fire. Exactly. And I, uh, I feel like at any time that that's done and like to, then you reach like a, like a, like a deepening, like you, you're able to do everything deeper than you were once able to because you walked through that fire. Um, deeper love, deeper compassion, deeper, deeper everything, you know? Because you came out, yeah, you came out on the other side and you saw the beauty in it. Uh, you saw the beauty in the process. And I think that's for me what optimism is is finding beauty in all things mm, yeah I love that finding beauty in all things because everything is beautiful it truly is and also it, everything is beautiful and everything I would also say probably has something that's not beautiful to it yeah. and it's literally about where you're choosing the focus yeah focusing 
that's why I, I that one Mr. Rogers quote that people always uh, put out in the hard times I love because when he was a young boy and there was a lot of stuff going on, his mom said to him, look for the helpers mm-hmm. because there's always helpers. And what she was teaching him was look for the good because good is always there. It's there. You yeah. have to just be ready and you have to see it. Yeah. And a lot of people are um, choose to ignore it and choose not to see it. And that's where that's Yeah. And, 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 you know, like, uh, if you, if you do not, pessimism might be part of the process of optimism and that's okay. You know, like, that's <laughs> fine. Um, and also, like, everyone's path is different. So it's hard to, like, it's hard to know what, what purpose, uh, everything is. And I, and you know what? I find medium pessimism. Of course you do, Dahlia. Of course you do. I do. Some pessimist uh, people that I guess would consider themselves pessimists are some of my favorite people. You know what I mean? Can you even learn something from that? Yes. Because uh, there's beauty in that reality as well. I find I find there's truth in it, and there's truth, and truth is beautiful. And yeah, you can't discount it because you need it to change and grow and. The world needs the world needs to look at that too for anything for to change happen. to happen. Yeah, so we need all of it, all of it. And I'm never saying that we don't need to focus on it sometimes because yeah. there's obviously uh, when we're recording this, it's 2020. There's a lot of things happening, and particularly in the U.S., but really the whole entire world. Um, and I think a lot of the even though the quote unquote negative things. They're something that we should really focus on right now because one, it's showing us that there's, there's a problem with pain and showing us that there's a problem and there's something that we need to fix and change. Um, and take steps to do that or see where we fall in that. There's just so many things. So not ignoring it. No. Not discounting it. No. But I have talked to you about this too where there's been moments where I felt guilty about the way that I see the, some of the things because I do still see so much good and like I've, I've struggled with that because I'm like, am I ignoring? Am I? Yeah, like is, by seeing good, does that mean you're ignoring things? Exactly. And that's not true. It's not. And I feel that in my soul. Like I just, I see, I see so much beautiful, beautiful coming out of this pain and coming out of this hard time and this darkness and I and I see this process is necessary and it's not easy and it's and it's ugly at times but it's also beautiful and there's so much like art coming out and people using their voices and leaders being born and so much that is just wonderful coming from it and I can't help but see that and there's nothing I can do change that because it's how it's how I see it and I I guess it is because it's not choosing to see it and maybe it's because I've made this choice in so many other areas of my life that now it comes natural to me but it's what I see yeah um this reminds me like during this time um I keep putting in my Instagram story like over and over again I don't know if people have noticed that I've just been repeating it over and over again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I keep saying, like, we have to have hope even when things are hopeless. I don't know why I made that to you. Hopeless. Yeah. Um, because 
hope is what gets you through things. And I know things like it's, I guess it's that optimism, like even when everything feels hopeless, the only thing, the only way out of that is to have hope. So like, you just, you have to focus on that. You have to find the things that are going to get you out of the muck and the mire that's going to just stick to you and hold you down. If you have hope, you have somewhere to go. If you don't have it, there's nowhere to go. Um, that's so true. <laughs> there is nowhere to go. If you don't have some kind of vision for something better and some, you know. And the thing is, is like, I could, if I'm going to devil, devil's advocate myself, you know, I can hear some saying like, well, everything does feel hopeless. There's so many things like how Jews come out the other end. And my response is, if we look at history, there's plenty of times where you could be like, well, there's no way out of that. And then something happens where something is a way out of that. Or it's just not the way that you may think that's out of it. But there is ways out of it, and there is hope there. But it's what we were talking about is you're choosing not to see it, and you're choosing not to see that there could be another way or another option that's going to bring you out of it. So we don't know until we zoom out in our lives and see it. And the only way we zoom out is with hindsight because we can't see that part ahead of us. So we don't know. We can't know. So why not hope? Exactly. And have faith and trust in, in the process. That's that's what I always come back to because I have had times in my life where I felt hopeless and then found the hope and it is what got me out and it is what got me through and I just can't ignore that reality because I've seen it with my own eyes and I've seen it transform and I've seen it countless times again and again and also I search for it now. I I find it because I'm choosing that. So the the more and more I choose it, the more and more I look for evidence and I can find it. I find it all the time. And I can see it in so many different ways and different facets. And I, uh, I just, I just have trust, I guess. Yeah, trust in the process. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of one of my, uh, but a book I read, uh, which is Heinlein, um, The Stranger in the Stranger Land. One of like, you know, if you read science fiction, if you haven't read this one, then like no one takes you seriously. But um, one of the, and this is a long time since I read this book, so I'm sorry if I'm getting something wrong, but this is something that stood out to me is there is this group, and they're called witnesses, and they're always called on to um, provide the testimony for things. And the important thing, like, they were supposed to report on exactly what they saw. So if you looked at a house and you were asked what color that house was, they would say one wall is blue because that's the only wall they could see. Because they couldn't see the entire house, they could only tell you that one wall was blue, and on every other wall they could. You can assume that someone would probably paint their whole house the same color, but we can't say that for sure. So it's looking at like it's really seeing and kind of I'm. I guess what I'm trying to say is, even often as I'm not saying the whole house is blue, I am recognizing that one wall is blue, and I'm. I'm trying to look at things for what they are, but the part that's true 
That's a really good part of it. Yeah. I get that. And it's also like, it's also leaving, um, leaving room for, uh, the reality, yeah, to be something other than what makes the most sense logically. Yeah. Which is neat. It's so, it's so easy to jump to conclusions based off of um, our assumptions. Like we typically have those on all same color walls. So it's easy to make that assumption. And so a high person always trying to like caution myself about doing that, especially when it comes to emotions or uh, relationships with people. Um, there's so much of a story I don't see. So I'm not going to see someone go, oh, well, you know, this is my assessment of this person or this person's relationship or this thing that they did or, you know, insert whatever thing because I've only seen one wall. And I can make some assumptions, but the important thing is I have to know and remember that it's an assumption and it's not true until I see all the other walls. That's so true. I mentioned this in the last episode, the book, The Four Agreements, but one of them is Don't Assume. (laughs) (laughs) And I love it because it is also then creating this part where if you assume something and you believe it to be true, um, and you believe that the outcome might be negative or this person is bad or whatever you're assuming about a situation, then you're not listening and you're not leaving room for learning or growing and actually seeing the situation as it is and or could be because all possibilities always exist mm-hmm. at all times. And that's um, something that I didn't always believe in, in life. But anything can happen. And that's the truth. Yeah, it's true. I think um, I got so many things right there. <laughs> Uh, but the one thing that I found to you initially was that there is just nuance in within things that if we just jump to assumptions that we're not going to know because there is possibility the house is different colors and so that would never go with our assumption that that's a possibility that we ruled out by making that assumption. Yeah. So like it's I'm an economist, like I study economics. Economics is literally all about making some assumptions and then modeling. Um, and we always assume that those assumptions have to be true in order for this model to work. And uh, that's always been my problem with it because the assumptions, as long as you make good assumptions and the model works, but if your assumptions are crap, the model doesn't predict anything. It's not telling you any good information. So. It all comes down to making sure that your assumptions are as like clear and as good as possible before you make any assessment about anything. So I know you said that don't make assumptions. I think we sometimes have to, but I think the important thing is not pretending like they're true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because like that's what we do, right? Like I, I'm going to make assumptions about everything in life, but I never hold them as True. I love that. I can assume all the house walls are so important, but I'm I'm not going to say that as true. Yeah, we're gonna leave the room for possibilities. Yeah, and I'm always looking to prove my assumptions wrong because I I want to like before I can make uh, an assumption that kind of 
something I can lean on. I need to know that it can be, it can't be punched anymore. Yeah. And so like I'm constantly punching myself or looking for other things that will shape this assumption that I have about something. Because if I know nothing can break it down, then I know that it's probably something I can rely on as a truth more. And even that, I can't, I, there's, I know nothing in this world. So, yeah. <laughs> like, we really, there's so much unknown that we can't really say anything in absolute truth. Exactly. Which is, like, definitely science. You know, <laughs> like, everything is hypothesis. Nothing is, like, absolute. And, you know, that's what scientists are trying to do. They're always trying to keep themselves lost. Right. And it only becomes a theory once, so a hypo- hypothesis, yeah. you know, it's like hypothesis. A hypothesis only becomes a theory once it hasn't been able to be proven wrong. But even then, a theory can be proven wrong, and you know that. It's just you just know that a theory has been, like, tested a little bit more. Guys, this is from my science class in the 10th grade. Definitely, we are not, side note, we are not scientists. No. <laughs> I've taken a couple AP science classes <laughs> the extent. But it's such a, it's so true though. Like it's, it's the, uh, we're not doing absolutes and I think that's what an optimist is, is uh, leaving room for Leaving room for the best outcome to exist. Ooh, yes. Yeah, not denying that it's possible because I have heard so many people in life be like, well, this is destined to fail or this or that as if it's like 100% true. And I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. I always believe that the best of someone or the best of something could happen. Because it exists, if the worst exists, then the best has to exist. That has to be the case. And for me, I thoroughly believe that we um, are self-fulfilling prophecies a lot. So if you go into something already expecting a negative outcome or failure, then for multiple reasons that you can't even be honest enough, you're going to help bring that about. Yeah. So I'd rather try to go into it hoping for the best, um, accepting the worst might happen. But the worst is rarely as bad as we think it is. Like, sure, you can do examples of all the extreme ends of everything, but some of the worst times in my life, I would have found that there are some the best times in the sense that I was able to grow and become the person that I am now and the parts of me that I like now because of those worst things. Yeah. Good. I mean, good. Yeah. I know good and bad are so subjective as so well. Subjective. Like, what that means something different to so many people. And it does bring it back to I guess choice and you know, going through those hard times in your life because of the way that you've decided to see and the choices you've made and the ways that you look at things have enabled you to come out the other side with this knowledge and value and and made you like yourself more. And I think it's because you were choosing who you wanted to be and choosing how you wanted to approach those things because those things are going to happen regardless. regardless. And uh, there's many different 
ways you can be about it. Um, and so I guess it comes down to the question of like, I was asking this before, but like, I, I've always wondered like, is love a choice? And then also like, you know, when you're discovering who you are, is, is who you are something that was already like designed and there's nothing you can do about it? Or do you choose who you are? Is that, is that something that is possible? Can you, are you yourself a creation of yourself? Or, you know, like, I know this is yeah. getting kind of, like, no, I weird it. and in-depth, but, like, I do think that there's room for choice. I do think that we can choose who we want to be in situations. And the more and more we make that choice, the easier the choice becomes, and then it just becomes that way. It's true for habits. When when you're trying to make a habit, it's really hard at first because you haven't made that choice repeatedly. But the more and more you make that choice, then the more it becomes a habit, and then you don't even think about it anymore. So I do think we can like rewire ourselves in a way, and we create who we are. I do think that we have so much power over that, um, and simply because there's so many times where I hear um, people blaming an external world uh, or external thing um, for who they are, for the actions they made, for the position they are in life. And it's not always wrong, but the problem is, to me, is when you're constantly like, well, this is happening to me because of this. This is happening to me because of this. I'm who I am because of this. I will always fail because of this. Yada, yada, yada. Um, that's always happening. If you're always blaming your external world for these things, you now have no power to make any of those decisions. So, like, to me, I will always go internal because I can't control the external or what's happening to me. I can be mad about it. I can be mad that whatever, I wasn't born in certain places or have certain wealth or whatever. I can definitely be mad about it or I can understand that I'm coming from a different place. But I can't control those things. What I can control is what I do and my choices and how I respond to them. So I'm constantly like, cool, well, given this, how can I succeed or how can I do this thing? Yeah. Given this constraint, because I think everyone has certain constraints that um, happen within the life. Yeah. And I'm just constantly trying to figure out, given this constraint, how do I overcome that? How do I maximize this thing? Exactly. Yeah, because, I mean, that's the truth. There are so many constraints that everyone has, and also, like, it's not always fair. There's definitely, never especially fair. in the world that we're living in now, we know that like, things are not fair. They're not, it's, like, there's so many, and, like, the whole entire world, there's so many different, countries and different things that everyone has to come up with and deal with and different geez there's there's just so much there's so much it's overwhelming it's overwhelming to think about yeah it really is but also i do believe that we all have power and we do have choices our choices might not be the same they might not be on the same level but we all have that and the more times that you are able to make the choices that are for you. And I, I'm going to go here that are love-based and not fear-based because mm -hmm. I'm a big component of that, like, like making choices 
out of love instead of fear. I think the more that will grow and and move and affect change around us. Yeah, because I definitely I would love you know less constraints on people. Yeah, you know, and constraints can be so many things. It could be a disability. It could be you know uh, you have an abusive childhood. You can insert anything. Yeah. 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 Um, but, so like, I want less constraints for people, but for me personally living, I think if we only focus on our constraints and we then use them as an excuse for why we can't go and more beyond that, and I think, sure, constraints are going to keep you, constraints constrain you from reaching your ultimate being or expression, whatever you want to call it, what you can be, but I'll be damned if I let a constraint stop me from being the fullest I possibly can be given that constraint. And if I can get rid of that constraint, even better. Yeah. And that's how we, we do it is by looking past it and believing in the possibility of all the walls not being real. And if you don't believe that that exists, then how are you ever going to get there? Yeah. You can't. It's, it's, being an optimist. Yeah. And finding hope. Being a valuist. Yeah. <laughs> being a valuist. <laughs> um, I hope that makes him a valuist. Yeah. Maybe it already is. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Someone Google it, let us know. We don't want comments, so yeah. we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> and that's okay, because just because we can't see it doesn't, doesn't mean, mean that it's not there. there. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.